Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. This morning we'll begin with a brief devotional thought based on Job chapter 40. Uh, Pastor picked out a couple verses here, uh, beginning with verse 3. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once, I will not answer twice, but I will proceed no further. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Will you even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? Have you an arm like God? And can you thunder with a voice like his? Adorn yourself with majesty and dignity. Clothe clothe yourself with glory and splendor. I don't know about you, Pastor, but the first thing I think of is Moses at the burning bush. You know, just the Lord just bringing Job to humility. You know, Job's been accusing God. Not, you know, we got to be careful with that too because uh, we know when Job lost everything, he didn't sin in accusing God of wrongdoing. But the more he was pressed over how long, you know, I don't even know if we know how long he was going through all the. We know his friends were there for a week before they spoke. Yeah. How long did those discussions go on? How long was he sitting in sackcloth and ashes? But ultimately, Job does question the Lord's wisdom in doing those things. And um, again, I think of Moses questioning the Lord's will and uh, all the excuses that Moses made to not follow God's calling. Um, kind of interesting. And um, you know, Job here is basically saying, I, "I'm not. I'm going to be quiet." <laughs> Well, I mean, so Job, you know, the story of Job is a very simple story. It's one, one, in our Sunday school program, it's one lesson. But the book of Job is, it's 43 chapters, I think, the book of Job is. And uh, we know the simple story of Job is the Lord took everything away from him. He allowed Satan to take his clothes, or his, 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 uh, his flocks, his money, his children all die on the same day. And then chapter two, he loses even his health. His wife says, curse God and die. And we know that Job was faithful, loved God, and then he got double of everything he had before. And this, the, the, the oversimplification of that story, um, I think, really does more harm than good because it's easy to think, if you're faithful to God, he'll give you twice as much money, <laughs> you know, which is not the story of Job. And that's not the reason why we have, why God kept this book uh, in the Holy Scripture for us. It's really to help a, the Christians learn how to deal with suffering. So how do we deal with suffering, whether it be loss of family members, loss of financial, uh, the flocks that, that Job lost all his property, uh, he lost his health, he had boils all over his body, so the only thing that felt good was when he took a, a shard of a pot and like rubbed it on his skin, like that was the only pleasure he got in life, which sounds awful, obviously. Yeah. And so all this stuff happens to Job, and like you say, yeah, he didn't sin, at, he didn't sin in, the, in the first two chapters, but he sure questioned God a lot. And uh, you know a lot of doubts and uh, in his mind, and his friends came and, and they kind of dealt with this. Uh, they they <clears throat> they were dealing with this idea. It's almost like a karma idea, right? So uh, his buddies uh, came and said, "Well, 
you must have done something wrong, and that's why God punished you. You know, you did uh, search your heart, search your life. What sin were you committing that God decided to do this? And that's really the idea of if you do bad things, bad things happen to you. If you do good things, good things happen to you, which is not a Christian concept. That's an Eastern uh, religious concept, the idea of karma, right? Of um, If you're bad, bad things happen to you. If you're good, good things happen to you. That's not the way God works. God allows what we might call uh, physically good things to happen to bad people, and we might call physically bad things to happen to good people. Um, and really, then it comes down to what do you mean by good? And this is the this is the problem that they had as they were talking about Job, because Job said, I've been perfect in everything I've done. I haven't sinned, I haven't sinned at all. Look at my life. I've been searching. There's nothing I've done wrong. And that's the wrong answer, <laughs> right? Job's not perfect. No one of his friends is perfect. And his friends said, well, search for some sin. There must be some sin you have done. But that's not the answer either. Um, so the true answer comes from, uh, the true answer that, that we finally end up in in the book of Job is that God is working things in your life. And the, the simple Christian answer is you need to trust that whatever he's doing that's what's right for you. And so finally, after, you know, the first two chapters are Job loses everything he has. Chapter two, Job gets sick. That's the first two chapters. And then chapter three all the way through, um, I think it's uh, chapter 40 here um, through 39, I guess, is there's this conversation between Job and his friends about what's going on. Job continually challenging God and say, God, come down and tell me what's going on to answer me. Like what my petitions, why are you allowing this to happen to me? And then finally in chapter 40, as we just read here, God comes down in a whirlwind to answer Job. So maybe my question for you, Pastor, would be, how would you feel if you were sitting there for 37 chapters of your life questioning God and saying, God, come answer my questions, and all of a sudden God shows up in a whirlwind? What's your, uh, What would your reaction be? <laughs> well, what he, what he says there, I'd probably wet myself because he says, brace yourself like a man. I'm about to question you. Yeah. you know, you've been questioning me, and now I'm going to ask you some tough questions. It's yeah. like how am I going to answer that? You yeah. know, it's like you think about standing before God's judgment seat yeah. and having to defend yourself. It's like, that's yeah. not going to work. Yeah. Right. And that's where, you know, so many people question why God, why would you allow this to happen? Or what are you doing? How, how could you allow this to happen in my life? And that's really what Job is doing, you know, shaking his fist. Why God, as he's sitting here in this wallow and squalor and sackcloth and ashes. And then God says, Hey, adorn yourself with majesty and dignity. Clone yourself, clothe yourself with glory and splendor. Do you have an arm like God? Can you thunder like God's voice can? And the answer is no, Job can't do that. And neither can you and I. So who are we to question God and the things that he does? Because he has that bigger and broader perspective, you know, us shaking our fist at God and saying, why is kind of like an you know, an ant shaking their fist up at, at a human being and saying, why are you building that house over there? That was where my, you know, <laughs> that's where my ant colony was or whatever. Yeah. Like that ant has no understanding of the big perspective that we have as human beings. And the, the difference between an ant understanding and a human being understanding is 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 magnified infinitely compared to our understanding and God's understanding, right? God understands as much more about the universe than we do as an ant does us, right? <laughs> you know, that comparison is uh, 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 doesn't even do it justice because God has so much greater understanding. Sometimes I use this analogy. So think about think about your kids, right? Um, how many, th- your kids wake up every morning and they go to school and they eat their meals and they, you know, they play their games and they live in their house and they do their things. How many things are going on behind the, behind the scenes so that they can just live their life without problems and difficulties and, 
you pay the electrical bill so the electricity doesn't go out. You pay the water bill so the water goes on. You pay the mortgage so they have a house to live. You go buy them food so they have food to eat. You prepare it. Yeah, you prepare the food so they can have food. How many things go on? And your kids don't think about those things. They just, you know, go about their day and they're doing the next thing and they, you know, they're they're having fun. And that, that's how it should be with kids. You know, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying now apply it to us. How many things are going on behind the scenes that that God's working behind the scenes that you have no idea, right? Governments are moving. The earth is spinning. The you know your heart is beating. You know how, you know how many billions of things, and then all the people around you every single day, the interactions that you have, the relationships that you have. How many of those things are all working all in once so that what all things work together for good for those who love God? It's an infinite. God God is able to take in this infinite web, this masterpiece, this huge picture, and he says, "Now I'm working everything for your good." And that's what it means to trust. And that's what God led Job to do. Um, he says to Job later on in another chapter, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Like, where were you when I set the foundation for everything that was to come? And Job says, I wasn't even born yet, right? And so that's, that's, that's what we see here is, is God confronting Job and saying, you know, stand up like a man. If you really want to question me, here's the answers you're looking for. Um, you are incapable of understanding. You're incapable in strength to, to understand. You're incapable in wisdom, incapable in, in your uh, ability is to know everything that I'm working on behind the scenes. So sit down and trust me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, that's ultimately where the questioning leads to as well, right? And I like that you brought in that <clears throat> last verse there of 10, you know, clothe yourself with glory and splendor. It's not going to be his. He has none. He, he's lost mm-hmm. everything. It's got to be the glory of the Lord as well. Brings in, It doesn't bring in Christ by name, but obviously the glory that Christ gives to us and that righteousness that we have is what we want to be adorned in in our worst of times of life and know that the Lord's with us. Yeah, we could probably spend a lot of time talking about Job and all the discussion there. Anything else? I got nothing else. All right. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the humility lesson again this today as we give thanks for the opportunity to reflect on Job's life. Help us be appreciative of the blessings you've given to us in our life. And we pray that you would continue to watch over us and provide for our, our spiritual health as well as our material needs. Help us to trust in you above all things and rejoice in your great name, the only name that saves. Lord Jesus, we pray all this your name. Amen. Amen. All right, a number of weekly and updates and reminders for you. We've got a busy about a couple months coming up here. Uh, this evening we're continuing our online midweek Bible class. Uh, we are finishing up our study of 3rd John. So we did 1st John, 2nd John. This week I'll be doing 3rd John. And then are you going to do your Israel study after that? Is that your plan? or The goal is to get through it this weekend and then okay. hopefully start preparing well, I've started to prepare those <clears throat> studies with some of the other pastors. Okay. So that would be the Wednesday evening one. Do you want to talk about Bible class this weekend? Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, pastor Mayhew and I are trying to put an overview of the Israel trip together. And then, uh, so basically, it would show all the places that we went and give a few pictures from each of those locations and talk about those for a minute. And then, Following that, we'd be doing uh, a Bible study of those locations, what biblical events happened in those locations, and kind of go a, more of an in-depth study and be able to show more pictures in those studies and kind of give more explanations of what went on there and how it looked and um, the joy we can get from scriptures that prove that God's word is true and authoritative and full of grace. 
So this weekend, you're, is it a video? What are you going to be doing? The goal is for it to be a video because if we stop to try to ask or answer questions, it'll take multiple times to go mm. through just because there's so much to get through. But that's the plan. Okay. All right. So please plan on joining us this weekend. It'll be Saturday night and Sunday morning yes, for sir. the Bible class hour. Um, so it'll be a, a, a neat video to watch and hopefully it can encourage you uh, in your in our study of God's Word and maybe put some visuals to some uh, some different Bible accounts that we read about. Definitely we'll do that. Yep. Cool. Uh, this Saturday, uh, February 11th, there's a, a new group at Emmanuel, the Emmanuel Women Who Hike group. Uh, they're doing the Luminary Tour this weekend at Minneopa State Park. Uh, you can see the bulletin for more information on that. Uh, a reminder for everyone that Ash Wednesday is coming up February 22nd. Uh, let's see, that'll be what, two weeks from tomorrow? Or from today already? Yeah. Yeah, so that's wild. Uh, so yeah. please uh, plan on joining us for that. Ash Wednesday, we're doing a, the theme Amazing Grace this year. Uh, it's the 250th anniversary of the, the writing of that hymn by John Newton, uh, Amazing Grace, one of our, the most beloved hymns of, in our church. Um, so it'll be a fun, we'll be doing week by week, we'll be doing profiles of different biblical characters and taking a look at how uh, how uh, that God's amazing grace worked in their lives um, along the way. Just a reminder, Holy Communion, we had this past weekend. If you missed it, we'd like to take it from Pastor Nauman or myself. You can do that anytime. Just let us know. Also, third weekend of the month, we offer it after the church service, and we'll also have it on Ash Wednesday is the plan, I believe. That is the plan, yeah. 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 Uh, Christian Athletic League coming up March 2nd through the 4th. Uh, we host that basketball tournament every year. Um, that tournament brings in a lot of money for our athletic program, so we, we typically need quite a few volunteers to help out with that. There's a lot of information about that in the bulletin. Please check that out as you are able. Uh, the next weekend, March 10th, we are uh, the senior class at Emmanuel is hosting Red Cross Blood Drive. So again, March 10th, um, that is the CLC basketball tournament weekend. So I know a lot of you will be out of town, but if you're in town and you're able to give that day, that'll be that would be a, a wonderful help for uh, the, all those people who need uh, need blood. Seems like we're always in a shortage, so if you can give that day, that would be great. Uh, coming up at the end of March, Arts Camp. Uh, we're hosting Arts Camp again this year, March 24th through the 26th. Um, we are in need of a, a, a housing for a husband and wife team who are coming from out of town to help volunteer for the weekend and they have a third grader who uh, will be staying with them as well so a uh, husband wife and one child uh, we just, they're just looking for someone to stay with if you're able to do that please speak to myself or to amber casto who is uh, directing the camp this year uh, on our prayer list today uh, we continue to keep tom jensen carrie dale and john hine and norma carlson our four cancer patients all in our prayers uh, ask that God would continue to, to bless and keep each of them as they work their way through their different stages. Uh, some of them are more advanced than others and, and getting different treatments, so we pray for all of them. And uh, we also pray for Peyton Carlson, who is home, and uh, I just spoke to her grandma. It sounds like uh, there's potential that she may need another surgery if the, the fluid doesn't drain out of her brain here. They're doing an MRI uh, in the next few days here, and if that fluid does not drain, they might have to go back in there in order to do that. So we keep praying for young young Peyton as well. Which brings us to our Proverbs section today. We uh, are cruising our way through it. We're in Proverbs chapter 26 today. Uh, we have uh, just a couple chapters left, left here, and Pastor picked out a verse for us to, to look at. Yeah, I'm looking specifically at verse 20. Uh, there's really a little bit of a context here. We can read those three, but I want to focus in on verse 20 of Proverbs 26. 
Where there is no wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no tail bearer, strife ceases. As charcoal is to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a tail bearer are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost body. Those second two verses kind of speak to what a tail bearer is all about. A tail bearer is, in other words, a gossip. Gossip is something I think we're always going to struggle with as a sinful race, as a society, and as sinners. And so what does this verse say in verse 20? Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no gossip, where there is no talebearer, strife ceases. Part of the problem with gossip is that when you're sharing things about other people, for whatever the motivation is, it can be done to make you feel better about yourself. It can be done to lessen someone's reputation or hurt them. But ultimately, it's going to cause strife. And that's the point here. It's going to cause tension. It's going to cause anger. You can see that in schools all the time when people are talking behind the other people's backs. You can see that at workplaces. You can see that among family, which is why people don't always get together at holidays because they're sick of how the family's talking about one another behind their back. And so ultimately, the wisdom of Solomon here from the Lord is pointing out that if there's no gossip, if there's no wood in this sense, the fire goes out. You know, the the tension, the hostility between people will be laid to rest if people aren't talking behind each other's backs all the time. And so I think this is a very good lesson for all of us, whether in our family or church family, wherever it might be. If we are honest with each other and go and talk to the people that we have concerns or problems with, instead of going behind each other's backs, we're going to be more blessed than hurt in our environment. So I this from right, right away made me think of my kids. So, you know, when you have little kids, it's constantly tattletailing on each other. Mom, she hit me, or Dad, you know, he stole my toy, or, you know, that's one thing, you know, <clears throat> the difference between, maybe that's something we can talk about a little bit, is, you know, what's the difference, what's the difference between tattletailing and then uh, honestly trying to communicate something because you need to, right? So with my kids, I try to teach them, this is something you guys can deal, you should deal with by yourself. You don't have to get Mom and Dad involved. But there's other times where, like, hey, mom and dad do need to get involved, right? So, like, how do you, and you, your kids are, are more grown than mine now, so you pass this stage largely, probably. How, how do you help teach your kids to delineate, differentiate between what is a tattletaling situation, what is a, uh, uh, this is something mom and dad need to know about situation? I think as they're growing up, you know, if they come to you with an issue, you tell them to go work it out. You know, depending on how old they are, it's like, no, you go back and figure it out with your sibling. And if they haven't figured that out to, do, to how to do that by the time they're teenagers, I, you still redirect them, I suppose. But ultimately, I think that's the growing process of trying to teach them, like, go work this out with the individual. I'll pray for you. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be there to support you both. But, you know, as you know, we struggle with that as adults, you know, so... How do you go? You have to go back to the, the person that you have the conflict with instead of going and telling everybody what the conflict is. Go work the conflict out. Right. I don't know if that helped your answer. Well, I, I think that, yeah, so that's, that's part of it. But, like, it's, you also, I mean, even as adults, there are times where we need to get other people involved. Sure. Right? So there's, when is gossip not gossip? You know what I mean? Like, when... Oh, sure. When does... When should you bear tales... Versus when should you not bear tales? Well, you, pr- you probably have something in mind already, so I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts. But ultimately, if the goal... Well, you and I will have to sometimes talk about how to help a 
family or an individual. And that, between us, is not gossip. We're trying to figure out how best can we help these souls that are in need. Gossip would be where it's just like we're making fun of somebody or tearing them down or that would be wrong. Right. You know, so um, that would be the big difference. So it's the motivation and attitude behind it, you know. Yeah. And if you're already done what the Bible tells us to do, so if someone has offended me, I don't just come tell you like, well, this person did this or whatever. And it's like, I need to talk to them and yeah. try to work through it first before I would try to get more help with the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you taught motivation, I think, is a big, right? What's, yeah, going, I mean, what's going on in the heart? Yeah, right. yeah. Like, you know, if you're talking about somebody else and like, did you hear what they did? Or did you hear about their, you know, the choices they made last weekend or whatever? And it's all because you just want to tell stories or you want to uh, share gossip or you want to tear somebody down. You know, that's that's one motivation. The other motivation is, hey, did you hear about this person? We need to help them out, or can, you know, what can we do to try to help them? Right. You know. Um, so yeah, I think motivation is the biggest biggest issue there, and that's that's what I tell my kids when I ask them. You know, they'll come and say, hey, they're my sister's doing this, and I'll say, why are you telling me this? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, that's that's why I try to, you know, I'm not a perfect father or anything, but you know, that's what I try to do is help them to think about why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I want my sister to get in trouble? Am I doing this because I want my, you know, I'm worried about my brother, like he's, you know, balancing on top of a yoga ball or something and about to crack his head open, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's different motivations for all these different things and that's how we, that's how we should try to measure, am, is what I'm doing tattletaling? Is it gossiping? Or is it actually coming from a heart of, I care about this person, I don't want them to hurt themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah, good, good point. Yeah, good verse. All right, our uh, verse, our hymn of the day is uh, hymn 296 in the Red Hymnal. Speak, O Lord, thy servant heareth. To thy word I now give heed. Life and spirit thy word beareth. All thy word is true indeed. Death's dread power in me is rife. Jesus, may thy word of life fill my soul with love's strong fervor that I cling to thee forever. Oh, what blessing to be near thee and to hearken to thy voice. May I ever love and fear thee that thy word may be my choice. Oft were hardened sinners, Lord, struck with terror by thy word. But to him who for sin grieveth, comfort sweet, and hope it giveth. Lord, thy words are waters living, where I quench my thirsty need. Lord, thy words are bread life-giving, on thy words my soul doth feed. Lord, thy words shall be my light, though death's veil and dreary night. Yea, they are my sword prevailing, and my cup of joy unfailing. Precious Jesus, I beseech thee, may thy words take root in me. May this gift from heaven enrich me, so that I bear fruit for thee. Take them never from my heart, till I see thee as thou art. When in heavenly bliss and glory, I shall see, greet thee, and adore thee. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.